RadioInfluence.com. Kind of feels so good to be back. It's your man, DJ Ecotampa's most connected DJ. Um, as you may know, I have taken some time off. I had to readjust, uh, reevaluate, and um, restart this uh, podcast life that I have. Of course, shouts out to Radio Influence, who always has my back. Jason, who goes things through things, all things with me, I should say, is here on the side and, uh, you know, catching my chaos. Uh, welcome, you and yours, to Hip Hop Study Hall. And the way I like to describe it is um, part learning platform part inspiration but all things culture when it comes to hip-hop all right and um as i kick off today i'm kind of excited because um this is a little different for me um not in the space of black girl magic because i am the baby of a bunch of sisters and aunts and cousins that i love but I'm going to learn some things today, I feel. I feel like I'm going to learn some things today. And if I mess this up, because we have been through this lesson three times before I open this mic, please correct me. Dr. Chenier Ray, or Chenierye, watch me. How did I mess this whole thing up, dude? She just explained to me what her name is. Can you can you do it for me? Oh, here's the thing. I am going to call you Dr. Chi. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. But for the purpose of those who are just meeting you, who will not mess your name up the way that I just did, please tell us your full name, Dolly. Well, coming from the Nigerian background, if you really want to impress me, it's Chinye Opaleke. But for you, Dr. Chi. Now I got it. Now, now I'm going to sit here with this pressure on, on me that, that the next time I talk to her again or if I have her back as a guest, I got to have this name right to impress her. I, I appreciate you taking the time to be here. Here's, here's what I know. I... um stumbled across you through mutual acquaintances on Instagram. And um, also, too, I got to give myself a round of applause because I I made a joke on someone's Instagram. My boy Nola shouts out to him who cannot play hoop at all. And and you liked my comments. So I was like, let me see her page. Let me see her page. And I went there and you were talking some some really dope stuff about, you know, just health and, and things of that nature. And of course, you know, I went on to your credentials and I was like, well, well, this is thing just talking. She she is actually a, a real life MD. So if we can get a little bit of your background, like schooling, where where are you actually from? Because I know you're in Houston, Texas, right now. Where where are you from originally? Um, so like I said before, I'm Nigerian, but I was born in Nashville, but grew up in Tampa, Florida. So I actually just moved from Tampa okay. um, to Houston this year. So Tampa's my heart. Go Bucks. Uh, so yeah, uh, I. Grew up in Tampa, went to high school in Tampa, played basketball in high school, went to University of South Florida, Okay. Um, played basketball there, and then I went on to get my master's, and then went to med school, came back to Tampa, and went to residency, went my, got my training done as a family medicine physician. Okay. And here I am, working as a hospitalist full-time. Wow. Okay, uh, and I want to go back a little bit, because you, you did mention USF. Where did you go to high school at? I went to Tampa Bay Tech okay. for high school. And I went to, well, yes, I'm a, and then I'm a, I graduated as a bull, uh, USF, bull, four, four years, basketball all day. So I'm a college athlete. Okay. What was, what was it like growing up? Because I, I've, I've, I've done a lot of stuff where we've, we've gone to high schools for like with Charlie Belcher, shouts out to Fox 13. We've done the uh, Fox 13 prep thing and, and we've gone to a lot of these high schools. What was it like actually growing up? I mean, we know everybody's talking about Tampa now because if you look at just, just from what you can get from sports alone, right? Super Bowl champion Tom Brady comes here. The Bucks win it all, which is not the first time. The Lightning, of course, uh, hockey team have won back to back. The Rays were in the World Series, didn't win, but got to the World Series. And even the soccer team, the Rowdies, 
were tied for first place last year. So everybody's talking about Tampa in that retrospect, as well as it's becoming a a major power when it comes to tech. Right. Tampa's becoming this big deal when it comes becomes when it comes to tech. So back when you went to high school here, though, what was it like actually growing up here? Or did you did you have to kind of just focus yourself and be like, I'm going to make these opportunities? Or was it just, you know, or did it seem like, you know, it's like, yo, my possibilities are endless here. So Tampa was a little dry back then. I'll be honest. Tampa was a little dry. Um, The excitement around sports wasn't really there. We did have that Super Bowl. What was it? 2004, something like that. Um, 2002. 2002. 2002. Okay. Um, so that was that one excitement, but then it just went downhill from there. Um, there wasn't much excitement around sports professionally, but on the high school level, college level, the excitement was there. That was what brought people to Tampa when it came to college sports in high school. Florida was like up, like one of the top national teams when it came to sports, women's and men's. Right. So that was the excitement when I was back in the day um, playing sports and the, just the city in general. I love Tampa growing up and um, there's a lot to it. It didn't, what I see now in Tampa compared to what it was 20 years ago, it's amazing. Like the growth of the people, the city, the, even the structure and the uh, buildings that they're building now, it's like, I'm blown away. Like I'm honestly blown away of the potential of what Tampa is becoming. People want to move to Tampa. Right. They brag about Tampa and it's kind of exciting, but I moved away not because I didn't see the potential. It's just because I wanted a different view. I wanted a, a new challenge for me because I I've been there. I grew up there. I know it so well, like back of my hand, I can go anywhere without GPS. So I just wanted a new challenge. That was all for me when I moved out. But Tampa it has a lot going on and I'm actually excited. OK, and now now we're in Houston. And yeah, I, I want to I like I like to ask this question because I've, I've talked about this with a few people. Like I said, again, I will get into definitely a lot of what I want to talk to you about medically. But I, but I think this progression in, into how you where you are now is, is a great conversation when when I, I'm from New York originally. Right. And so I've spent a lot of time up northeast, of course, most of my life. Then, of course, having family up and down the East Coast, there's D.C., there's Atlanta, there's. um. And and and. I want you to kind of look at Houston and Atlanta because what I feel like about Tampa, even though, and I'm like you, I love this city. I love living here. I do wish the seasons changed a little bit more because that way I could get to wear a few more, a few more dope outfits, you know, a few layers from time to time, except for that, you know, that one week where you wear a hoodie here, you know, I, I wish we could do a little more when, when we, if we talk culture though, is there a big difference in, because we know for a fact, Houston has a culture. If it's one thing I know about, and I've only been there a few times, but the people I know from there, you know, there's a certain culture in cities like Houston, D.C., Atlanta, of course. And and I guess I would say urban culture. Do you find there's a big difference in that as opposed to what you grew up with here in, in Tampa or even what's in Tampa now? Oh, absolutely. I feel that Tampa, the one thing it is lacking is probably the diversity there's so many gaps in the culture in Tampa and you have to kind of look for and search for it versus a place like Houston. It's it's right there. You don't have to go too far to find what you're looking for. Diversity from African type foods, from Indian, Chinese, like any type of culture you need, you can find it. It's in your, within your reach. But Tampa, unfortunately, we're, we still need that. That's one thing that we can bring to the table that we can offer for people who are moving to Tampa is that diverse culture. We're kind of stuck in that one lane of what we're used to and what people are comfortable with. And I feel like if we were able to get more diverse, Tampa could bring in more people for sure. 
Okay. Well, uh, honestly, right, I, I kind of, and I'll just say this for me, you're always welcome to move back because it's really your city and it's not totally mine. But uh, until we fix I-4 and 275, I don't need that many people to just come moving back right now right. because we almost get into Atlanta traffic problems here. That's the way I feel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. So um, let, let's get into you sports were your thing. How, you know, and, and a, lot of, a lot of women like yourself, you know, they wind up in sports and it's okay. A lot of them, we know they're great. You know, they're doing a lot of things now with sports, like in the media part, you know, like uh, Maria Tom, Maria Thomas Taylor, I think that's her name. Of course, we saw the big story with her this year, how, how dope she is at what she does at ESPN and, and now uh, NBC. What made you decide that coming from sports, that the medical field was going to be your thing as opposed to, you know, maybe the turn into media or, you know, I don't know, maybe something. I don't know why I'm thinking marketing, but how did the doctor thing become like, you know what? Medicine, that's my way. Yeah, so my story is a little interesting. And to be honest, I didn't expect to be where I am right now when it comes to spreading education, doing a lot of media and medical corresponding. I, I did not see that path for me at all. Um, I am Nigerian, so most people know our background. You know, when it comes to success, we're kind of pushed a little bit to medicine or engineering or lawyer. So, like, that is kind of ingrained in our culture to be quote unquote successful in that way. Um, so I always knew I wanted to do medicine. Um, I just wasn't sure how to get there um, because I played basketball for four years. That in itself was a job. That in itself was a challenge. So I questioned myself whether I even wanted to do medicine or continue playing sports, knowing that was an option as well. Um, but I would say that playing basketball, playing a sport actually help me to accomplish pretty much anything I'm doing right now. Dope. That endurance, that courage, that time management, all of that determination that I learned as a student athlete helped me to just become someone that I felt had a purpose. And that purpose was to reach and serve others. So I actually started, not many people know, but I actually started a nonprofit um, called Reality Speaks that okay. actually is tailored towards student athletes to help them think outside the box what else are you interested in besides sports? Because one day that ball will stop dropping. You will stop throwing football. It's just going to happen. So what else are you interested in? So I purposely formed this because I knew for myself, I was tunnel vision as well. And I didn't have anyone to look up to. I was black. I was a skinny girl. Like there's no one else who looks like me who played basketball and went to become a doctor. Like that just doesn't happen. So I felt like we needed more inspiration. We needed more motivation to see people that look like us who succeed outside of sports and hence reality speaks. So I really felt like that was something that was needed. And since then, I've just been continuing that um, nonprofit with Just One Community Service, helping people come out and serve the community and realize that there is more to life than sports. I know we love sports, but when it comes to our purpose, we have to figure out what else serves our purpose and what else is our, what we're passionate about that will serve not just you, but the community. Right. Um, I, I, I want to talk about this point for a second, too, because I feel like and I it's, maybe I just feel it because I, I, I feel like a lot of what you're talking about with the nonprofit, I was in that space or I'm in that space, right, where you have this desire where you want to help and you want to serve. Right. But when you jumped into that nonprofit space, because I feel this way. It's a whole different ball game, right? Like you jump in it with your heart because you want to be like, I want to pay it forward. You that mm -hmm. is that is that is your purpose. That was my sole purpose when I created I Care About Me. But then you get in it and you realize there's a lot more going on when it comes to 
how these people are getting funding and you're watching the people that are getting funding and you're and I don't want people to take people to take this the wrong way. I feel like they're not doing a lot with the money, especially with where we are now with reaching these kids, you know, and, and, and I can I can enlighten. I don't want people to take that the wrong way. I feel like I feel like anybody who wants to give from their heart. It's a it's a good thing. But also, I feel like once the deeper I get into this nonprofit game, I feel like a lot of things I'm noticing it is just that a game. Certain people know how to get the money always, all the time. And then you got some people who are really out here on the front lines and not saying that that's totally me, but that are out here, right? Giving their time, you putting your money in. Was that ever a frustration for you to make you say, you know what, man, maybe I just want to do my job. Maybe I just want to like, maybe I'll just help out for somebody else every now and again. Because to have your own nonprofit and be like you said, all the things you're doing yourself. Did it get frustrating or has it become frustrating when you might one day saying, you know what? Maybe reality speaks ain't ain't the move right now. Yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely some frustrating moments because you realize that your passion doesn't always align with the next person's passion, and even people on your team they don't say they don't share that same vision as you. You may want to go out and help this person, that person, in that organization, and they just don't have that same grind. And so when you realize that you have to sit back and say, is this worth it? Am I doing this? What am I doing this for? And you start questioning yourself and your purpose. Um, but at the end of the day, you always have to retreat back to what, why you started it in the first place. What was your main goal? And are you accomplishing this because you really want to? Is it really in your heart? Or are you doing this for some other reason or for some other satisfaction? So I always try to go back to the why. What is the real why I'm doing this? And not to please other people. Other organizations may be doing it with false hearts. Other organizations may be doing it with false pretenses, but that's not my issue. Right. What I My goal is what my mission is, why I started my organization, and who I'm helping. I always feel like if I've helped one person, I've done my job. I love that. So I'm not complaining. Look, and, and look, let me reiterate why I wanted to have you here. Because like I said, I think that so many times by the time that one of us makes makes it to the media, it's for the wrong reasons. You understand what I'm saying? Or the good stories are the last thing on the news because they don't get the clicks. Like I am so, like I said, when I started to look at your videos and see the things that you were doing, and, and I think one of the things that caught me too, which is a great segue for me, I feel like right now, is a lot of your talk on COVID, right? And I think that one of the big things that happened in the last couple of weeks was Nicki Minaj comes out and um, she talks about um, was it a, rel- a cousin of hers or a relative of hers in was it Jamaica somewhere? Was it Jamaica? It was another? It wasn't. It wasn't Trinidad. right. Trinidad, right? And and that they got the shot, the vaccine, and all of a sudden they were was it impotent or their uh their they they their testicles they're, swollen they're, and right and immediately because a dude's group text is as crazy as a female's group text. <laughs> me and my boys are going in. We just we just like hey, bro. Hey, bro, you gotta check yourself. So I'm, you know, and I, I, I admit I'm kind of a jokester. I'm like, hey, bro, I, I've been checking myself from the first day I got the virus, and I feel like most things are pretty much the same. I, I do. I feel like most. I didn't. So, but when Nicki Minaj came out, because of course Nicki Minaj is somebody that I trust with medical advice, not really, but. I went in the bathroom, I rechecked things because I, you know, I felt like Nicki Minaj the same way that Dave Chappelle said about Ja Rule. You heard the Dave Chappelle joke about Ja Rule. Dave Chappelle said, back when 911 was going on, right, he's watching TV and it's all of a sudden it's like, 
Uh, we got Ja Rule on the line. We want to hear from Ja Rule. Dave Chappelle was like, I don't want to hear from no damn Ja Rule at a time like this. What does Ja Rule have to say about 9-11 that I'm going to want to hear? And that's how I felt about Nicki Minaj, right? And so, first off, before I dive even deeper into it, what were your initial thoughts on Nicki Minaj's? And, and, and in her defense, Nicki Minaj didn't say that this was going to happen to everybody. She was saying that this happened to someone that she knows. So do we give her that pass of like she was giving, I guess, what she's saying is factual information because I've never been bold enough to show my female cousins my testicles. But, you know, who knows what her family does. Right. So let's start there. Do we give her do 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 we really say she was spreading false information or how how did you let let me just stop. How did you take it? So the problem with what Nicki Minaj said is not necessarily with her. Um, saying the story. It's her platform that she has. Her platform is a large platform. She knows that. So no matter what she says has its, you know, repercussions with it. She basically initially said her reasons why she didn't want to get the vaccine. And that's fine. Everyone can have their own opinion. But when you bring into a story that's not necessarily factual to the to the plate, it becomes a problem because we don't know if that story is really true. And then it becomes a thing where people are listening and they're like, oh shoot, this happened that I'm definitely not getting the vaccine. We're at a very fragile time in our country where this pandemic is not over. I am literally in the hospital seeing day in and day out people dying and still coming in with COVID requiring oxygen for three, four or five weeks in a row. And when she says things like this, that just tells me, okay, great people are not going to get vaccinated again. They're just not. And I'm going to see them again in the hospital. You're scaring the public off of information that may not be true. Like, why would your fiance leave you after you get, quote unquote, you know, impotent? Like, if they love you, why are you leaving? Is it because of the vaccine or some other reason? Was it STD? How long ago, how long from the vaccine to these swollen testicles did it happen? Was it a week? Was it two months? Are we really blaming the right thing here? Right. Okay. So it's a problem. Okay. Well, let me ask you candidly. Is what she said from what you know medically, is it a possibility that that happened because that a male could get swollen testicles from the COVID vaccine? I would say it's not, it's not saying that it can never happen. Swollen testicles potentially, but impotent, not able to have kids anymore because of the vaccine that it may be a stretch. That could, that is a stretch. Right. Okay. So, so the problem that you see and, and making sure I get this right is that having the platform Nicki Minaj has, which we know is huge as hip hop artists and a lot of people like myself that have these platforms, right? We jump into conversations and it's almost like we have this barbershop talk approach. Is that what you would say? And then once the, once the blogs get it, a word is twisted here, a word is left out there, or I start talking to someone about it, then I start posting on Twitter who I am. You know what I'm saying? And I may have 100 followers, but I'm still talking to 100 people with kind of off information. So are we going, we going, through, and not just Nicki Minaj, are we going through way too much of that? Because here's what's happening right now, I see with the Nicki Minaj thing. Um, I can't think of this chick's name, but she goes for everybody, right? But anyway, her thing was, Nicki Minaj is scared of the vi- of the virus, but she wasn't scared of butt injections, you uh-huh. right? And then she had a picture of Nicki Minaj's, which we've all seen those horrible, you know, uh, the way that her butt sits would uh, is another conversation. Um, how do we come? How do we? How do we? 
And let's start with us as a people. What is the can you give me the top two misconceptions that we need to stop in the black and brown communities with regard to the virus? With the virus or the vaccine? Oh, the vaccine. The vaccine. I'm sorry. With the vaccine. Can you like the top? You know, because you know, in the hood, we we talking every man. I ain't yeah. I ain't getting the vaccine because of whatever, right? But meanwhile, I'm watching people smoke hookah in the club every week. They don't know what's in them rocks. Yeah. They don't know. They up in the club like they don't know what. Some dude come by, drop a couple of rocks in the thing. They smoking. They don't know what's in that. They buying weed from a dude who they don't know where he getting weed from, and they steadily smoking. We eating from these food trucks. God forbid. God forbid. At four o'clock in the morning after the club. We don't know. We don't know that they taken all the proper protocols that they supposed to take to be safe. You understand what I'm saying? And again, this is not a knock on that, but I'm just talking about what we do in the hood, right? What we do in the hood. We drinking malt liquor. Well, we were. We were drinking malt liquor, which is the bottom of the barrel when it comes to beer. And we were drinking it heavily, heavily. But now all of a sudden it's a it's a vaccine. And, and, and I ain't gonna lie, I had a lot of doubts in the beginning too. I did, but I move around an awful lot. And I felt like it was only right for me to be like, look, man, let's take some take some responsibility here and, and and let's be more safer than, you know, than than to be out here on the back end of it. So, again, in the hood, there's all these things and I'm sure you've heard them. Can, can we clear up at least two misconceptions about the vaccine? You know, I've heard so many misinformation concerning the vaccine. It's really hard to point out just two. Well, I'll tell you what. You, you do what I you want say. to with the question. It's, it's your turn. You do what you want to. <laughs> there's some things that you just like to clear up right now, and I'll just sit back and listen. Go ahead. I mean, in ge- generally, the African-American community has a mistrust with the governments and medications and everything in general. That's just what has been from years and years of healthcare and health inequalities for decades. So that's not uh, that's not uncommon. What we have to realize now is that we're at a time where we need the community to understand the vaccine is safe and the facts are the facts. The only issue that I really have with social media is the these things that are getting reshared on WhatsApp, on Facebook, on Instagram that are just false from tracking devices to oh I don't need the vaccine, I'll just take ginger tea. These things are scary. I'm seeing the African-Americans in the hospital who are regretting not taking the vaccine. They're like, oh, can I get it now? I'm like, it's too late. Yeah, I heard that. I'm sorry, it's it's literally too late. But the reason, they don't have a real reason. It's just, oh, I pretty much thought I was invincible. I pretty much thought I'd be okay. But we're the main ones with the hypertension, the diabetes, the cancers. We're the main ones who are dying from all these chronic conditions, but the first ones not to get the vaccine. And it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. I wish I can like take the whole African-American community and just sit down with them and just teach them the facts so they can feel more comfortable, but they don't have enough black and brown physicians or nurses to treat them. So they have that trust within their community. There's just not enough of us. So I honestly don't blame them, but we have to do better as a healthcare society and in infrastructure to get better at recruiting more of us so they can see us, so they can hear us and not get blinded by the conspiracies, the tracking devices on the vaccine, all this information that is just misleading them. It's scary because we will follow whatever we hear. Oh, I'm not getting that because I heard down the street that he got it and he died right when he, I can't like it's hard for me to keep pushing the vaccine on somebody who already has their mind set on 
whatever they heard down the street from their neighbor. Right. It's very tough and it's very frustrating. But as soon as they get in that hospital, though, when they get admitted, they'll take every type of drug, experimental drug we have to offer. Wow. Give it to me. What is that? Has that been tried? No, I want to try it. Right. But you won't get that vaccine that we have research behind. Okay. Well, well, let me do this. Let me do this because, and I hadn't heard the ginger tea one because if I'd have heard that, girl, I might have been, you might have been talking to me right now. I'd be like, can you vaccinate it? No, girl, I got this ginger tea. I'm sorry. I would never, I would never. But I, let me ask you a couple of questions that have, that have come my way a lot of times when we're having this discussion. And, and again, I say, I give my barber and, and I love the barbershop because I feel like some of the realest conversations still happen in the barbershop, right? So one of the conversations that comes up a lot is, do you feel like maybe the push of getting the vaccine is the turnoff? And I'll say this, like, you know, like it seems like at every corner, right? Someone's offering you, oh, you get a chance to win some football tickets if you come and get vaccinated. Oh, you get a, t you know, and it's like, oh, my God, oh, I'll give you a couple of lottery tickets. You know, it's all these little things that are like contests now. And do you think that maybe it's too much of that to make us trust? You know, because, again, and I think a lot of people, like you said, they don't realize uh bro when you're born you get a lot of vaccinations then as a baby you know like you don't even realize it but we're vaccinating you a lot as you come into this world you know so let's let's address that right there do you feel like that's maybe a problem with you know and i guess they're just trying to get people to notice but you know when some influencers talking about it or you know i'm gonna give you a, a discount on your groceries if you get the vaccine at Publix, you know that sort of thing do you think that maybe that's a problem because some people are saying i've heard people literally say man they try they they pushing it on me too much man why why the push why the government ain't never pushed this before they want to give me money what's what's up with all of that so let me get your thoughts on that yeah i i could definitely see that the push is there because we're desperate we are desperate like we're honestly desperate we're only vaccinated like 50 plus percent of the population and our goal is 80 plus percent, this pandemic is not gonna be over unless we as a country get vaccinated. So we're desperate, we'll do anything. Yeah, I'll give you a pickle if you get vaccinated because <laughs> I, I'm i tired. Right. I'm literally tired. I'm tired in the hospital. Like it's overwhelming. We, I wanna see the end of it. And it may come up as I have some type of um, reward for getting someone the vaccine, but the case is I'm just tired. We're all tired. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's from my perspective. And what you said about vaccines is right. We've gotten vaccines since birth to high school, to college, getting that meningitis to stay safe. And we never questioned it. To be honest, actually the meningitis was a rushed vaccine. When they realized kids, college students were dying in the dorms, they rushed that procedure to get FDA approved, gave them kids some shots without question. Oh, my, I want my child to die gave them the vaccines, nobody questioned it. But because we're COVID and people have social media, all the rumors can happen, that's why people are hesitant. Okay, well, what about this uh -huh. one? I got vaccinated. I thought I was all good. I got two shots. And now I get told, well, you know what, Eakin? You can still catch COVID. Because mm -hmm. I thought when I got it, when I got the shot, no more COVID. Now it's Eakin you can still catch the vaccine, but on a good note, your chance of dying has drastically been reduced. And also, you can don't forget this part. Pretty soon, you're probably going to have to get a booster. And I'm playing devil's advocate here. So I, I figure since I've got your undivided attention, I can get some of these candid questions answered. That one. I mean, how should I feel about that one as a, you know, I'm a patient out here. You know, I might have been scared of needles. I got one, Dr. G. I got one. And now you're telling me I still might catch COVID? I, I mean, 
Do I blame Dr. Fauci for that? Or who do I blame? <laughs> who do I blame? There's no one to blame. No one to blame. That, I mean, that has always been known that the vaccine is not 100%. We said that from the beginning. Okay. There, it's not 100%. Actually, no vaccine really is 100%. Um, even with the flu vaccine, we get yearly. People still get the flu after getting the vaccine. It just lowers your chances. And it also, again, like you said, lowers your chances of dying. So that is nothing that's new. But people wouldn't want to say that that's the reason I'm not getting vaccinated because I can still get it that's your argument good luck because if you do get the back if you do get the covid disease your chances of ending up in the hospital are higher and your chances of dying are extremely higher so that is understandable now as far as the booster goes um yeah so the vaccine there's no real studies yet that are out but your immune system the vaccine can wane over time and we're seeing that we're not really sure how long, but there are some people who are like over 80 or over 65 or those who have really chronic conditions. We are recommending that they get that booster just in case so they're covered. And that's okay. I feel like not many people are really know this, but COVID is new. This is a new thing. This just started last year for us. Well, no, We're can, all I, can I stop you there? If it's new though, if it's new, why are people showing it to me like it was on the Lysol bottle years ago that COVID was out here? It was like Lysol could protect you from this COVID. No, it I, says coronavirus. Okay, coronavirus. again, again, I, I want clarity. I, like I said, I don't. I'm, I'm asking from someone who it's a lot of barbershop talk. That's why I'm asking you to get some clarity. Believe me, I'm not saying this like as if to say I know more than you. That's exactly why I wanted you to sit here. So please be clear on that. I'm saying people yeah. have said to me, "Well, it's been here. Corona been here. It's on a Lysol yeah. bottle, Ekin." That is true. No, coronavirus, the virus itself is not a new virus. Okay. That has been discovered long time ago. Gotcha. Like this isn't a new thing. Coronavirus, the lighter version of it or the less viral uh, transmissional version is is a real thing. We test for that in the hospital all the time. It's just it's usually like a mild cold symptoms like that. So that is that is definitely true. Gotcha. As far as COVID-19 coronavirus. Get me right, sister. Get me right. Version, this is a new strain a new variant that we've never seen before. So that is why this is new and we're all learning. So things, recommendations that you're seeing that comes out is because scientists are learning and they're getting better and they're trying to update every time. So the frustration from the public that, oh, now we gotta wear a mask. Oh, now we gotta do this. It's okay. That is what you want. Right. We are learning and we're getting better at researching and getting the facts together for you. So don't get frustrated with us or the doctors. Like this is all new, right. especially the medications and the treatment. We're trying. There's there's many studies out there that we're trying to get the right information out. And so jumping the gun, like taking ivermectin, please stop. What is that? See you. You see how you throw that? Help me. Help me. Oh, you didn't hear about the horse again. Medication again. Let me tell you something right now. Believe me, if I don't know it, I know other people listening right now do not know it. They're going to act like they know it, but they didn't hear that either because I had never heard the ginger tea thing because I drink tea on the regular. I might have been like, you know, man, I don't need no vaccine, Jason. I drink ginger tea, but that's another story. Okay, what is this one right here that you're just talking about? So recently, about a month or so ago, people started to believe that ivermectin, this medication was a good treatment for COVID. But ivermectin is normally treated for um, worms and horses. And so people were going out to these farm markets and buying these gallons of ivermectin and taking it, ingesting it. So there was a high surge at the poison control. Wow. <laughs> Many calls 
saying I need help because I took ivermectin, is, thinking it was going to treat COVID. Is that as bad as the basement butt injections? Is that as bad as that? You know, like the, with the plaster in your butt? Is that one? Is that right along those lines? I'm just, I mean, sorry. Uh, I, I even to throw this, convers- this conversation off. Oh my, wait. Yeah. So, so now we got, we've, we put another problem in it. We've, now we got a poison problem along with the COVID problem because people are out here with misinformation. Exactly. And that's how scary it can be. It's really scary. It's really scary. I got patients, family members calling me. Can you give them ivermectin? Can you give them hydroxychloroquine? I said, that was back. That was last year. We done with that. That's not doing anything. Well, I don't know. Your former president said I could just drink some bleach and I'll be okay. But that's another story. too. People did that. (laughs) People did that. That's how people receive information. They do whatever they are told with no research behind it, but they won't take the vaccine. Okay. I don't get it. Well, let me ask you this one, because this one is near and dear to my heart, And because I've had this question and I have wanted to get someone like yourself here from the beginning, from the beginning. Now, let's talk about this. And this thing started. It was about mask. Right. And it was was it the N five, seven, nine or in whatever mask that was. It was like, you need this mask. And if you can't get it, though, you need a mask with filter. You need this. You need that. Now, it seems like. Long as I throw a piece of rag in front of my face. I'm cool. Like I could literally, I could literally walk out here right now, try two paper towels together, and put it over my nose and mouth, and they swear I'm protecting everybody. What now? How did it become that? Because we we don't seem to be talking about the type of mask, or you know, because even my mask, right? Someone has also given me filters that I put inside of my mask, right? Not just you know, like. Oh, yeah, I got some masks from Banana Republic. Oh, my God, I got on a Louis mask. Oh, my God, it matched my fit. The mask, it. How much does the mask, does the material, what the mask is made of, does that matter in protecting you? I will say that any mask is better than no mask. That is the bottom line. Okay. But when you want to really protect yourself, a surgical mask are usually the best. Um, cloths are okay. Like again, any mask is better than no mask. That's the short answer. Okay. So, so at least attempt, like at least put your mask on Yes. and, and try to help. Especially if you're unvaccinated, but we're at a point where I don't even see people masked up anymore. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like you're out of place. If you have on a mask now, it's almost like yeah. I walk around people like, <sighs> He got on a mask. How dare he? You know, and I'm like, oh, and you're in Florida, right? Florida and Texas, we're the same. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, and let's and let's talk about that part. Let's talk about the differences in going from one place to another. Because now, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, in Florida, a business owner can almost get in trouble for asking to see if you're vaccinated. Meanwhile, in New York, they almost get they're getting in trouble if they don't find out if you're vaccinated before they come into their business, into mm-hmm. your business, into a person's business or whatever. Do you ever see from what you're seeing coming from the top, us getting on the same page as a nation? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> you, you just clearly, you just, he cannot. <laughs> absolutely well, wouldn't not. That, wouldn't that would, help? Wouldn't that help things though? It would be lovely, but each state is different. You know, you, you see your governor, you see my governor. They don't even want masks to be regulated in schools. They're preventing that with mask mandates. Like, you know, that's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. I wish it could. I wish Biden can get everyone together and be like, "This are the, these are the rules and make it happen. But it's not going to happen. I, America is my body, my choice type of America. So it's just not going to happen. Well, something that's near and dear to me, and it seems like with your thought of paying it forward, it's kind of near and dear to you, is the next generation. 
Now, I had this talk with a friend of mine who she has an 11 year old son who the vaccination, he's not he can't get it yet until he's 12. So she clearly said to me, she said, every time I send my son to school, I feel like I'm sending him out there to the wolves. What Mm -hmm. can parents and kids do? Even more so, I guess, than, you know, of course, making sure that their kids are masked up as they send them to school. What kind of advice would you give them to try to help keep their kids, you know, protected? You know, because they're they're pretty much like you said, they can't get vaccinated yet. But we have the schools back open. These kids are all in these classrooms and they're kids, man. They, they are they've been through a lot just in the last year and a half alone of sitting in front of a computer all day, trying to learn and pay attention, not being able to see their friends. This pandemic that none of us even knew was coming. And here we are. We're back in school now. And like you said, the higher ups, the governors, whoever, politicians, people in the city, they're arguing over whether a mask should be mandated, whether a mask should not, whether it's my body, my choice. When in reality, to me, these kids, they should be a one priority of their safety, period, across the board. So as a parent that is sending their kid out into this, are there any like other than, of course, you know, like you said, that mask is super important. What else could they be doing to, you know, maybe even give their kids even a better chance of not contracting the virus? Well, first, the parents need to be educated. They need to be up to date on the actual facts. And I still feel like a lot of parents are still caught up in that Facebook, WhatsApp forwarding um, misinformation. Because we're seeing that the numbers for teenagers who are eligible to get vaccinated are still not getting vaccinated. That 12 to 17 range, only 40%, are actually vaccinated in the United States. So that tells us it's not the kids, it's still the parents who are hesitant. And so they're scared and that's understandable, but make sure you read the facts, talk to the right people, get the right information. Um, It was just recently uh, released that Pfizer did a trial that showed safety for kids five to 11. You know, there's there's still more data to be released. There's still more things to be turned into the FDA. Um, So it's not hundred percent yet, but make sure they keep up with that. Make sure they understand, you know, what's in the news and what is the best thing for their child. Because at the end of the day, it's up to the parents to make the decision whether or not their child gets vaccinated or not. Right. And, you know, that's the key. Um, as far as, you know, I, I, I don't ha- I don't have children. I do have nephews and I really want the best for my nephews to be, be safe, be safe out there. Um, kids is tough. They're always running around, going around with like you can't really prevent that. Even if you tell them to wear a mask, right. that mask is coming off. Right. That mask, They went to the bathroom, that mask somewhere else. They talk in there and people's, it's tough for children. So it's really up to the parents, you know, and do what they have to do. Try to stay away from crowded areas, come home from work, wear your mask at work, and then come home and avoid spreading and spreading that virus and giving it to your children. You know, that's the way that you can stay safe for them. And because at school, you have no control. Right. You'll know what's going to happen. Dr. Chi giving us some insight today. You see, I'm all about helping with, with, with getting past the confusion. A couple of more questions on that, and then I'm, I'm going to move to something else. Um, in the black community, like you said, a lot of condition, pre-existing conditions contribute to what the virus will do to us, right? Um, do, you, you, do you recommend that people that have pre-existing conditions, like, you know, like diabetes you talked about, lupus comes to mind, you know, these things that are, you know, prevalent in the, you know, a sickle cell in the black community, that these people are first in line to get vaccinated or, you know, because it, it really hits them different from what I understand and what I have read and seen if they contract the virus. And like you said, on the flip side, it's, it's too late for you to give it to them after they've got it. Right. 
Oh, absolutely. I actually have patients um, that I asked them in their African-American with diabetes, high blood pressure. And I, I'm just candid with it. Did you get vaccinated? And they tell me no. I was like, oh, you should be the first one who should have got it. I tell them straight up, you should have been the first one in line. And 90% of my, of my patients are obese. Obese, I feel like, is one of the leading um, prerequisites for being hospitalized. Those uh, obese patients are the main ones being caught with COVID and being hospitalized. Something about their size, that it just can't really fight off the disease as much as someone who was healthy in the gym, younger. Um, so I, I mean, I can't stress it enough how important it is to protect yourself if you are obese, African-American, high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, all those things that um, make us more vulnerable. And that's majority of our people that we know, our parents, you know, our friends' parents. Like, how many of them do you know that's not obese, being realistic, especially in the South? Right, a lot of grease, a lot of grease, yeah, <laughs> you know. This one right here is is a, is a is one that seems to scare a lot of people too. And the ventilator. Why does everyone mm. feel like if you get on that ventilator, it's over? Is, I mean, is it, is it really, is it, I mean, seriously, I mean, is it pretty much true? Like once you, if you hit the ventilator that you, you, it probably is no turning back for you. Mm -hmm. We do everything in our power while treating patients to keep them off the ventilator. Wow. We do everything possible. Literally. We try to give them as much oxygen as we can before they have to get there. I really, we, that's because we know that is the end. It's hard to get them off of the ventilator. Once that happens, their lungs just, Something else happens. They either die of a heart attack, respiratory arrest, something like that happens, or a clot in the brain, clot in the heart, something that will end up killing them before their lungs get out. So is that because, because we, is, I'm sorry, did you want to finish your thought? I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Is it because our bodies become so dependent on the ventilators and it, our body kind of gives up? Is that why the ventilator part becomes like, you know, it's like a next level of, like you said, there may not be, it's, it's hard to turn back from that. Is it because our, like you said, our bodies just... Well, you didn't say this. Our body's totally just like, well, the ventilator's here now, so I don't really have to do anything. In a sense, yes. We, we get to the point where our lungs are has so much inflammation from the pneumonia or fluid buildup. It, it, you, it just won't survive. And like I, I mentioned before, you end up dying from a complication from COVID or from being in that bed for so long. Um, your body just can't withstand it after that. Wow. Mm. Um. I don't know. I, I think that if anybody listened to the thoughts you've given me in these last few minutes, they should have a different because even me and I and I try to pride myself on reading actual information and not just the headlines. Um, you've given me to me some real insight, like proper insight, I, I would think, on, you know, what's going on with the vaccine. And I think a lot of us need to hear that, especially, like I said in the beginning, in the black and brown community, because we have so many things that we're talking about when it comes to this. Um, so if, if you could sum it up, like just, man, I, other than the fact that you said you just tell your patient straight up, you should be first in line to get the vaccine. If, if you could sum it up, this conversation that we've had about COVID, what, how would you do it? You know, it just really breaks my heart when I hear people or, you know, people commenting and saying that these numbers are skewed, that not that many people have died from COVID we've literally reached a grim milestone with over 675,000 plus people dying from COVID. Wow. That is more than who, people who died from the 1918 flu pandemic. And we have vaccines. 
100,000 plus people have died since April and May with the vaccine. And most of them have been unvaccinated. And it's so frustrating and it it's very hurtful for me who's trying to save lives every day for people with COVID and people are still dying and people don't believe that these deaths are real. These are real. We don't, we can't make up people dying, this many people dying from COVID. We can't make that up. Like, why would we want to? Right. Why would we want to make that up? So it's really heartbreaking when, you know, you still hear people saying this isn't real. This isn't true. Um, this is the flu. No, like this is something different. I've been in medicine for over six years now. This is something different. This is not something that I was taught in medical school. I was not ready for a pandemic, but I'm dealing with it because I have to. I choose to take care of patients, but if I had a choice, I could give up right now and say, you guys are unvaccinated. I'm not treating you. I gave you, we gave you the answer. We gave you the, the therapy to not come in, but you know, people will learn on their own. By the time this pandemic is over, every person will know someone who died from COVID wow. personally. That's a perspective right there. That right there is a crazy perspective. Uh, Dr. Chi is here on the uh, hip hop study hall podcast. Um, again, um, her website is www.thedrchi.com and um, she's got a lot going on. Would you, you want to hang out for a minute and, and, and talk news with a view? It's what I like to call it. It's news with a view, which means I am going to give some actual facts. But then I'd like to get into it with you, you know, and get some candid thoughts from, you know, me and you on the actual things that are going on out here in the world. You want to play? Let's do it. OK, well, um, let's talk. I tried to avoid this one, but it, it just kept coming. And and um, for years, I've watched this young lady and and um, I can't say that I actually had like a, a, um, a super view one way or the other. One thing I will say as I start this story, as we talk about Karen Civil and, and this is what I want to say, I'm deep in this entertainment industry. And I think one of the problems with the entertainment industry is we are quick to assume that because of someone's curated lifestyle on social media, likes, Instagram, what they do on Snapchat, Facebook, their website, this, that, and the other, that they are definitely the person that we should deal with. Then we start, we get some money, we start cutting these checks, we reach out to them. And then when it doesn't go right, we're surprised. You know, we're surprised. Like we're some guy that just started rapping two weeks ago. We reach out to somebody who is a major executive or has found their way through a bunch of stuff. And when it doesn't go right, we're upset. So here's Karen Civil. Karen Civil is a music marketing strategist, if you don't know. But here's also a slash on Karen Civil that I want people to always understand when they look at her. Karen Civil is also AKA an influencer and an entertainer and a, and a star in her own right, right? So you're dealing with someone who is not only I guess supposed to help you with your stuff, but they're also in direct comparison with you because this is what they do with themselves. They are getting money to, you know, to be an influencer on stuff, to help move product and that type of thing. And she's in the middle of a whole lot of things. Back in 2016, Cameron called her out because his homeboy, Duke the God, had reportedly gave her like 60K and for some marketing assistance and she robbed him, supposedly. But when Cameron did this, being who Cameron is and being what the internet is, Ah, oh, you lying, Cameron. And of course, I have to say this, Dr. G. Black women wasn't too happy with Cameron. They came out jumping like, oh, you just jumping on her because she's a sister and this and that and the other. And Cameron being who he is, I know Cam. Cam is kind of a dude that he don't really let the internet get to him. He kind of just do what he do and keep it moving. That's always been Cam. He's this dude, right? So that story went. 
just recently, uh, Karen Civil got into it with uh, Jesse Wu. Jesse Wu, for all intents and purposes, purposes to me, social media chick, um, some comedy stuff as well, but also probably one of her biggest things is she's made some appearances on Love & Hip Hop Miami, uh, Love & Hip Hop Miami season two. Now, I'm giving you a quick synopsis of this because I don't want to stay on this all day with the description of what's going on. They recently were in court because Karen Civil sued Jesse Wu for slander and libel, saying that she called her out for some stuff that Karen Civil really didn't do, but when it all shook down in court, Karen Civil lost the case. Jesse Wu won the case saying, ah, Karen Civil, you might be kind of like a crook. So Karen Civil lost the case. As soon as that happened, you know what happens next on social media. Here comes the woodworks. The woodworks open up and here comes everybody. Here comes, um, come on, come on, come on. Where can't I find his name? Uh, oh my God, why don't I have his name here? Anyway, why do why am I Jordan Lucas? Why why did it slip my mind? Jordan Lucas comes out, man. I've been waiting for this day. Karen Civil, back when I was trying to get on, you robbed me of 60k. I paid you. I started calling you, like why you wasn't helping me. You told me stop calling you because you was on vacation. You thought I was never gonna pop. Whoop de whoop de whoop de whoop. Boom, he's on her. Then of course, here comes. I love to watch this dude. I ain't saying I'm a, cause he messy. I ain't gonna say I'm a super fan of him because he does great media, but he messy. Jason Lee in Hollywood Unlocked. Jason Lee comes out and says, I've been told y'all about Karen Lee. I mean, Karen Silver. I've been told y'all. I've been told y'all. And the story with Jason Lee got so crazy to me because not only did Jason Lee have receipts because he had someone that had also sued her because that was also after her because she supposedly got them for 17K, but then he called her out and said she tried to have a hacker hack his Instagram and website because he wouldn't take the story down. And then, Dr. Chi, don't let me lose you because there's a lot going on here. They got on Clubhouse and Karen Civil admitted that she did it. Yes, I all I tried to get a hacker to hack your site because I, yeah, it's, it's what I did. Yeah, yeah. So all of this is going on. Now, let me let me stop here because here's the flip side of this that I was talking to another industry executive the other day and he wanted to bring up. He said a lot of this to him. He has a problem with it because it's lunchroom talk. And let me get to you, give to you why he said that. He said because, yes, Karen Civil might have done these things, but his problem with it is if you being Dr. Chi, right, you which you can't exactly make this mistake in medicine. It's kind of like Chris Rock said. The cops can't make a mistake to me shooting people because because the person might not come back. An airplane pilot don't get to make a mistake because he got to get everybody back on the ground. To me, a doctor like yourself doesn't get to make the same mistakes as some marketing person who didn't make some posts for me. Right. So but what I'll say is this. And this is where, like I said, you as a black businesswoman, you not being a doctor, let's just say you own a different. Let's just say you you you've opened up a, a, a string of um, restaurants and I come in one day. And one of your workers is having a bad day and the service isn't quite what I want it to be. We, and this is what I was told by an industry executive, another way to look at it. He said, we as a people will immediately, I will go on Facebook and I will try to kill your business. You know what? Don't you ever go to Dr. Cheese restaurant again in your life. The service sucks. Instead of saying, okay, you know what? Can I speak to a manager? I'm going to address this issue with you because his flip side to that was, Come on, bro. How many of us been to McDonald's and our fries wasn't hot? And we go right, right back to the major corporation. We don't exactly. always, we don't, we've been to Walmart and be like, they can open up some more damn lines. But we go back. You know, we go back, right? And we give them another chance. So his point was, 
we got to start taking that approach with each other. Not saying that Karen Civil was right by any means, but do we have to be on Clubhouse? Do we have to be in all these social media posts just tearing each other down, going back and forth? So before we get deeper into what she's actually done, can I get your thoughts on the way that we as a people treat our black and brown businesses? Oh, yeah. I feel like when it comes to black businesses, we always have to be tip top, 100 percent, T's crossed, I's dotted. We can't make any mistake. We have to be perfect. And if we ever slip up or ever have anything that is not perfect, we are, we hear about it. We make sure it is known because we messed up. We are, we're held up at this top tier level as black people to be perfect and to have this standard. But when things fall short, oh, we're the worst ever. Don't go there. They messed up this shirt. And but when it comes to white businesses, we will. Oh, it's OK. Or, oh, it happens. Oh, don't worry about it. I won't put a bad review. I don't know why that is, why their expectation is mediocre, but ours is expectation is like through the roof. Right. I have no idea. So much pressure is on black businesses to be perfect. And if we're not, we won't succeed. Right. And, what, That's just how it's been. and what's crazy about that, too, is we oftentimes when we get into these black businesses and it's not anyone's fault, because I feel like a lot of the information is out there. But we're also a lot of times starting with a string budget. Right. So we need to build up stuff. And and, and in my experience, mm-hmm. like I said, and I and I've been very big on this. Like I perfect example. I, had a, I got a friend here in Tampa who owns an audio business. Right. And I've given him some business because I'm able to feed him some equipment, whatever. And I tell him and he's messed up. I said, bro. I need you to give me the receipt and send me the information via email like you say you're going to do. I'm not going nowhere and try to blast you. I'm calling you directly. This is what I need because in order to feed back to my partners that run this club or whatever that are paying this actual bill, they need the paperwork. This is how they do business. I got to send them the invoice. You know, and he was like, man, I appreciate you telling me that. And I felt like that strengthened even his belief in me, like, bro, like I want to work with you. Like you just as good as these other people. You don't have the big corporation and marketing behind you, but the work that you do, I respect that you've done great work, but do these little things as well. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like you said, we're already, look, look, we already are trying hard enough to be like, you know what? I want to give my kids something, you know, but, and I don't understand, like you said, I don't know how do we how do we get everyone to understand that though and again i'm not saying you got to give me 40 chances like like when i asked you to be on this podcast if i come showing up here at 120 you like he can we agree at one o'clock i'm not respecting your time you know we've talked back and forth we've communicated we agreed on some things out to me i show you that i care about what you do by respecting the things that we talk about and i agree on how do we you know, you may or may not have the answer to this. How do we get each? I mean, because we've been talking about this for years. We've been talking about, you know, supporting each other. And, and you know, when when a white cop kills a black kid. We there, we there. Black mm-hmm. lives matter. You know, and I don't know if I'm, I don't mean exactly twist the conversation, but black lives got to matter to us, too. You know, like I got to see you. And just because you don't speak to me when I see you at the club and be like, hey, sister, how you doing? You'd be like, how you doing? And keep walking. Y- you ain't got to be a hoe after that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to, you know, like, and it's, we do these things to each other. And again, you may or may not have this answer. And maybe I'm just twisting way off the facts. I don't know, because a lot of things are running through my mind as we talk this story. How do, is there, can we fix this? Because for generations, it seems like, well, it, I wouldn't say for generations, because I think back in the day, and you may agree with this being from the South. Back in the day, they supported each other. It seems like the more we get away from what happened back in the day, 
we're doing less of that. How do is there a way that we can kind of get those values back, or is that up to me and you to you know and, and the people like us to try to start you know as we do that with each other to show those examples? Yeah, I think social media is helping in a sense because we do share people's posts. Oh, black owned, like I'm wearing a black owned t-shirt right now. And we take pride in that. We really do take pride in that. And I can see that happening, but I don't want us to be so hard on each other and tear us down when something wrong happens or something's not perfect. And I think that's the issue right now. Even the stigma that lies with black people, you know, it's hard to get away from that. Oh, they're always late. Oh, I knew they were going to come in, you know, 20 minutes behind like that type of stuff. Like I hate it. And so we as a community have to do be- have to do better with ourselves and prove each other wrong. Like, oh, no, we're not always late. Oh, no, we some- we do this on time. Oh, the food is going to come out hot. Right. Your package will arrive on time. So we have to prove them wrong. It's just what it is because we're so used to the bad stigma that goes around it. So I think social media, honestly, is, can help us. The supporting black businesses, posting it, reposting, um, and not asking for discounts all the time just because they black. But you ain't got to charge me tax though, Dr. Chi. I mean, <laughs> do, do I got to pay the tax? I mean, that 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 one is the funny one to me because I've been in some restaurants and I'll be standing behind somebody and be like, man, sixteen seventy eight, bro, I can't just give you $15? Bro, you don't say that to Target? You don't say that to Chick-fil-A? At all. At all. Just... Let these people live. They're doing their thing. They're trying to survive too. You know, just appreciate the hustle. Oh. Some of us don't appreciate it. We don't expect, appreciate the grind. Oh. Well, I got a rule on time. You can tell me if you agree with this one. Here's, here's my rule on time. If I agree to meet you or we agree to do anything, you got a 15 minute window. And I'd like mm-hmm. for you to use the beginning 15 minute window. But a lot of us tend to like to use the second 15 minute window. But if you anywhere outside of that, you're not talking to me. I, if it, it could be, if we're supposed to meet at one o'clock and you show up at one I'm out. Like I don't, I don't, because you're already into something else that I got to do. Absolutely. You understand what I'm saying? And, and like I said, I, I, I do that. I try to do that with everybody. Like I said, I'm just meeting you and it was strictly online talking, you know what I'm saying? And asking you to do the podcast with me and that sort of thing. But I feel like I owed you that respect as a professional to be like, once we agreed on time, even yesterday when I was asking you for an email address, then I realized, oh, well, well, she's already emailed me. I got to apologize because you were already up, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't know it, but I still feel like, you know, just that professionalism that you showed, I had, I owed you that back as a professional, you know what I'm saying? And I just think that we have to start looking at each other and respecting what each other, uh, each other does. Right. So back to, to this story right here, do you know a, a lot about, I mean, cause you seem like from what I, like I said, what I've seen about you that, you know, not only are you very much into what you do, you seem to know enough about pop culture and how you move around, you know, uh, the yes, digital space. Know. So when you're thinking about the Karen Civil situation, um, do you do you have some 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 juice or some thoughts? Because I'm I'm gonna touch turning up so I can make sure I hear you. <laughs> I, honestly, everything is hearsay. It's really hard to say what is the truth. Um, people do like to exaggerate. I, we always say there's always three sides to the story. You know, what are your one three person, sides? The other person, and then the truth. Oh, because my three sides are what you say, what I say, and then these damn screenshots. Cause them screenshots don't, them screenshots don't play. That's my three sides. I mean, it could just screenshots be me. Screenshots are, screenshots are real. Them screenshots. screenshots are real. But it seems like she does have like a track record. It seems like she's building a track record here. There's always something else, someone else coming out with something different. Right. So she may have to kind of just own up to some things and just own her piece and just say, you know, yeah, I messed up and I'm gonna give this back or, you know, she's pretty successful now so that this won't ruin her image. She's still gonna do what she's gonna do. She's still gonna grind. She just needs to own up to it if it's the truth. You, you know, I, I think one of the lessons in this too, and you could tell me, give me your thoughts on this, right? Um, and I use the Jay-Z story. People people don't realize that when Jay-Z first started getting into this rap thing, 
Clue and dudes like DJ Envy, they were bigger than him because they were mixtape DJs that were moving around New York on the regular. Like Clue tapes was heavy when Jay-Z was trying to get on. But as it progressed, of course, we all know what the Jay-Z story is now, right? But I, and I was working for Def Jam at the time. So after a while, as Jay-Z started to get bigger, Jay-Z would only do drops for like Clue. But the lesson in that to me is he started out with someone that was pretty much on his level. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of times what happens with social media, right, is we start reaching out to people that we think are so big. And I'm not saying everybody's out of your reach, right? But when I saw you, perfect example, I wasn't looking at your credits to say, well, is she ever on headline news? I mean, you may very well be. I liked what you were talking about at that moment. And I was like, it wasn't about your followers. It was about, yo, like, she's really a doctor. And she's really speaking something that I think that we should, the conversation should be out there more. So when I reached out, I felt like I was big enough to get a, a, a hit back. And I did, thank you. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, I think a lot of us, and, I, and I'll tell rappers a lot of times when I'm talking to them, they'll be like, yo, Eakin, man, the radio. Yo, honestly, I should be the last dude you're trying to get to. Because if you really understand radio, a lot of things are playlists and they have to get in. You know, and then you got these bigger stars and rappers. Like, your record is not going to be the future. It's not, it's not even close to getting in if Drake got a record out. Just forget it. Forget it. If Drake got a record out right now, he probably got three slots. Just forget it. Just forget it. Future, little baby, forget it. And I know you like to post on your social media that it's a hit single, but it is only a hit single in the back of your house because we ain't heard it. You know, <laughs> and I think the lesson in that is don't forget the people that are beside you that you can build things with. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, like these things, right? So in the Karen Civil example, if you got 60K, you probably pass by 10 people that could have helped you probably for mm -hmm. a third of that, maybe or a quarter of that, and, and probably would have really concentrated on you, you know? And, you know, so I, I think that, you know, when we're talking about these things, especially social media, like we should read. Like we should, I, like I, as you as a doctor, your credentials are listed somewhere. I'm not calling you to be like, yo, can you help me um, build, build a set of stairs though in the back just because you got a bunch of followers. Right. You know, and I think the same thing, sh shouldn't we take the same thing though when we're talking about working in entertainment or something like that? You know, don't, I mean you, as you're building your following and you're doing more things digitally, like you said, that are outside of like the actual hospital and you're talking and passing on information Aren't you reading and helping and learning more about what you want to do with your digital presence? Even you're doing, even you're doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just a kid that, that just wants everybody to learn. I just want people to protect what they're doing and, and not, I don't, these stories are just, you know, when I start thinking 60 K, I'd be like thinking about what I could have done with 60 K. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Not many people have that. That's <laughs> just saying 60 K and you just shot it over to Karen civil and <laughs> okay. You're in the entertainment space, so to speak now, because you're doing a lot of digital stuff. Mm -hmm. Am I correct in thinking that the, the, the entertainment space is the only space that no one really has to prove credentials? Want me to explain it? Want me to explain it? Yeah. Okay, think about it. You're a doctor. Mm -hmm. You ain't just get to say you're a doctor. Unless you're that kid that's down in Fort Lauderdale that's a doctor every year that you catching. <laughs> that, that's the only person I know that gets to say he a doctor and people actually go to his office without checking. I don't I understand. Mean, people it. still say it now. Trust me, you'll be surprised. Well, yeah, okay. They went to the community college on, online and, and got a doctor of community service. But still, they went and got something, right, of some sort. That, and I'm not saying it was yeah. what they needed, but they got something, right? Okay, when you play basketball, you went to a certain amount of training and practices and on different levels, people could check on you and say, okay, this girl played in high school. She got picked up. She played in, and if you wanted to go to like the pro league after that or go overseas or whatever, your credentials were there and they built with you. Mm 
right? You mm-hmm. want to you want to be a chef. I mean, I'm not saying you can't cook, but in order to get those credentials, there's probably some training that comes with that. The entertainment space, when I wake up tomorrow and put 400 songs on that computer, I'm a DJ. I make a flyer one day, I'm a party promoter. This this is the only thing. And people wake up and look at these flyers or look at somebody's Instagram and all of a sudden, we hiring a chick that all she do is take pictures in a bathing suit and she hosting parties. And now you can't tell her she's a, like, am I wrong for wanting to protect my entertainment space? I just want the kids to do it better. I'm tired of these kids that are creating these dope things. And then next thing you know, we have no ownership. I'm sorry. I get worked up. I'm sorry. I'm Yeah. I mean, you definitely have a point. We definitely have a point, but, but I mean, you've seen people's Instagram as seen on or this on CNN or like, no, you, you wasn't. And there's no one who's, who's checking them. Right. But they will pay for a blue check to to look and feel important. It's all about just feeling validated when you, that's just something, a comfort just to help them out. So I don't know, social media age, welcome to 2021. Well, I I just hope that we keep using it for more good than bad. Dr. Chi, I I appreciate you taking the time and allowing me to pick your brain today. And um, I really do more more than the words that I can say to you, appreciate the insight that you gave me today on COVID because I just still feel like it's a it's a conversation that keeps needing to be had. You know, and I just feel like there's so much confusion and so much information out there. Um, where can they find you on social media? I know the website, the uh com, all the information on you and what you're into and that sort of thing. But yeah. your Instagram, I really enjoy it, other than the fact that you always seem to be on vacation, which I'm trying to figure out how I can get that kind of time. <laughs> but where can they find you at on 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 social media? Um, yes, I love to travel. But yeah, my Instagram is ask, A-S-K underscore Dr. Chi, D-R-C-H-I. Um, so yeah, if anyone had any questions or just wanted to chat, I'm open to DMs. You know, I like the conversation. As long as that conversation is being started, I'm open to it. You know, we each can learn from each other. So Okay. Yeah. Well, I, can I, I enjoy can, being on here? It's a good conversation. Well, yeah, because I want to ask you, and I, I just want to make sure that this invitation is extended. I would like to be able to continue these medical conversations when, you know, it's not totally just dedicated to medical, but I feel like I'm talking to someone that will give me candid and, you know, not what I want to hear answers, but the truth. And that's, that's what I, you know, that's one of the things to me as I keep growing with this hip hop study hall podcast that matters to me. It, it really matters to me that the next generation hears the truth. And it really, it even matters even more that they hear from someone who looks like them, that they feel like I could be her, you know? And I, I think that too many of our kids are seeing Lil Wayne, not that there's nothing wrong with Lil Wayne, but they should also see the 25 people who have helped Lil Wayne get there. And Lil Wayne is proud of those people. If you've ever talked to Lil Wayne, he'll tell you how proud of his team that he is. But we don't get to see the chick that has that has styled him or the dude who's helped with his social media or the guy who's got the camera all the time making these dope, you know, this dope content to help Wayne move around and, you know, and keep it keep it up and going. And I use that as an example all the time because there is literally 25 to 30 people. There are people who never leave the office in New York that are helping to make sure that he gets the proper press to make sure that, you know, the right things are getting out on him to make sure that the images are OK. And what's the next business partnership that can happen with Wayne? And I think that our kids really need to start seeing that. So I really am proud that I got to talk to you today and get your story and to, you know, get some real conversation. So I would like to leave that door open to talk to you more in the future. If you are open to it, I would appreciate it. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. I love the conversation and want to keep it going. Well, Oh, Jason told me I'm good at talking. I'm, he told me. He just told me to kind of stay focused because sometimes I get unfocused. But no, once again, man, I appreciate you, Doc, Dr. Chi. Um, I'd like to do this. If you could talk to your younger self or 
a young person right now that is aspiring to be a doctor, anything, what piece of advice would you give them? Hmm. I would say it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to make a mistake and just know that your purpose will not happen just yet, but it will. And just, it's okay to not know what you want. It's okay to fail. Just know that that failure is going to be, is going to build your character for the future. And so hang tight, believe in God, keep praying and just have faith because that is who is going to lead you to where you need to be to your destiny. Um, I could end it on that, man. I appreciate everybody who rock with us today at hip hop study hall. Once again, Dr. Chi, I appreciate you being here to my crew at radio influence, man. Once again, um, part learning platform. Part inspiration, all things hip-hop culture. That is Hip Hop Study Hall, man. I am DJ Eakin. New episodes drop every Friday morning, 3 o'clock Eastern time, because I'm supposed to say that, you know, because I, I, I constantly, if I don't write these notes down, I constantly mess it up. Once again, Dr. Chi, I love you. I, I mean, I love the fact that you were here. I appreciate it. Thank you. And I look forward to speaking to you more soon and communicating. And thank you again. Thank you. All right.